You stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. How are you? Tired? Good? That's good. I've got a question. How many of you were at Vacation Bible School this year? I think you were. I, I remember you being there. So, when you were at Vacation Bible School, what do you remember about it? What was it like? Callan. Fun. Excellent. What else? Did anybody else have fun? All right, cool. Sophie did. Oh, that's awesome. What kind of decorations were there? Yeah. Trains. That's right. Yeah. Oh, like snacks or like different parts of the trains. Awesome. Oh, the popcorn is the smoke. Oh, yeah, because it was like black colored popcorn. That was cool. Yeah. They had the little railroad track. Oh, yeah, it was really cool. What else? What else was there? Yeah. Games, I was going to say. Water balloons. What else? Parachute. That's right. 
Now, you all remember the one who taught the Bible story, so I won't grill you on those. But there was that too, right? And in all of it, and in all of it, we remember generally that this was good, right? In our Bible, we have a few different stories of Jesus and his disciples, and they're all different. They're all different. And we have this thing where sometimes we want everything to line up exactly, everybody to agree. If I'm telling you a story about Vacation Bible School, and I said the theme had trains in it, and there were some really cool snacks, and there were some really cool stories, and we played games, and one of the games was tag. Was one of the games tag? No. It was like tag, sort of. We start to disagree, don't we? And sometimes that can get frustrating. But here's what I want you to know. Sometimes we remember things differently and we see things differently. And instead of being frustrated, God invites us to learn from each other's memory, to learn from what each other brought out of that experience. The important part isn't always remembering exactly what game you played. The important part is remembering what you might have learned or how you might have felt or what happened with each other, right? So this week, I want you to listen to stories. Some of my favorite stories come from my parents. Some of my favorite stories come from my grandparents. Some of my favorite stories come from my friends. I want you to listen to stories. I want you to see if you can find any places where people might disagree on something. If they do, remember, the important part isn't always agreement. The important part is what's underneath the story. How do the people feel? How do the people act? What happened inside the story? Does that make sense? Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, in our lives, it's hard to get everything to agree sometimes, whether it's our stories or people or anything else. Help us. Help us if we're ever frustrated, not to rely so much on agreeing, but to rely more on what you are doing in our midst. Help us to look for love. Help us to look for help. Help us to look for good things in each of our stories. And help us, in the midst of things that sometimes frustrate, to be okay. Thank you for being a God in all of our stories. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. Go back to your seats. In the name of Jesus, amen. This week's story, I can't find a way of making it line up with last week's story. Last week, John the Baptist called out and proclaimed that as Jesus passed him, this was the Messiah, the Son of God, 
This is the one that I have been talking about. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he said it one day, and he said it the next day, and then two disciples, one including Andrew, peel off and follow him. Then Andrew goes and finds Peter, and they peel off and follow him. And that's the story of how, in the Gospel of John, Jesus begins to call his disciples, come and see, come and see. In this story today, John the Baptist is arrested already, not even in the area. And Jesus himself is walking along the Sea of Galilee and finding not an apostle or not a disciple and Andrew, but Andrew and his brother, Peter. And he says, come and I'll make you fisher for men. And then he finds James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and he calls them too. And these stories do not line up. They line up in some ways. The disciples are being gathered, and they're all following Jesus by the end of the stories, but they don't line up in every way. Where the facts of the matter, where the, the root of this specific narrative don't quite line up. Why things in Scripture don't line up exactly the way they should. There's even been attempts of people to take apart the four Gospels and to make one new one. Not one that I recommend, but their attempt is to make one definitive understanding of how Jesus walked in our world. I think, I believe, that the differences in the Gospels speak to us as people who will in undoubtedly find differences in our everyday lives. It is not groundbreaking news that when we go to tell stories about our existence in the world, when we go to tell stories about God, when we go to tell stories about faith, we will find people who not only disagree in part, but might disagree in full about some of these stories. We won't agree. The Gospel of John and the Gospel of Matthew don't line up in a simple way on how the disciples were called. They don't agree. Some scholars aren't worried about this. Why does it matter? Eventually the disciples follow. I don't really care about how they start to follow. They just got there. They're going. Let's move on. But anybody can become frustrated with the different parts of scripture that don't quite line up. Jesus' last words on the cross don't line up from scripture to scripture. Jesus' actions and order of miracles and of behavior don't line up from Scripture to Scripture. There's only a handful of parables that appear in every Scripture. So the stories differ. The timeline differs. The order differs. What's included differs. So much so that this can begin to look foolish in our eyes. Who is this God that we're following where four people can't even agree on the same story? Who is this truth that we're called into 
where four of us can't get together in a room and figure out what in the world this truth is. What are we doing following a faith that varies so wildly in its expression from book to book? Is it that we don't care? Is it that we haven't read this and so we're blissfully unaware of how things line up? No. We have a scripture that exists defiantly in spite of our expectations for everyone to agree. The gospel is not about collective agreement. The four gospels aren't worried about agreeing with one another. Jesus isn't worried about everybody agreeing in the towns that he goes to. What's at the heart of the Gospels? What's at the heart of the Gospels is the connection between people, the relationship that God is weaving between us and between God when we don't agree, as we can't agree on some things. What's at the heart of this gospel today is a call story. And it's not important to Matthew and it's not important to John. And it probably shouldn't be important to us that their call stories match entirely. What's at the heart of these things is a God that works inside of us to produce good fruit for the sake of one another, for the sake of the world, and even for the sake of ourselves. Because even if you read all of the Gospels all the way through, what is true, what's at its core, is that Christ was born to us, lived for us, died for us, rose for us, and lives again. And then we spend our whole lives long telling each other stories, just like the four Gospels do. Look at what I've seen over here. That's different than what I've seen over there. But at the core of them is the same God in the same truth, in the same witness. There's a temptation in our world today to find falsehood in each other's words when we don't agree. To find little value in each other's words when we don't agree. No. No. The gospels of our very faith don't have to agree to tell us the good news of God in Christ Jesus. And you and I don't have to agree to hear the good news from each other's lips. And the church doesn't have to agree to live in unison and harmony with one another. And our communities don't have to agree for neighbors to be good and loving to one another. Don't go chasing after agreement as if it's the one thing that will save us. Go chasing after the fruits of Christ as we see them in the Gospels. Go chasing after love. Go chasing after forgiveness. Go chasing after mercy and grace. 
truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life doesn't seem to value a bit-by-bit linear narrative as much as it values the truth of that love, of that grace, of that forgiveness, of that mercy. Let us know our faith by its fruits and not by its agreement. There's not a single tree that grows the same as the other one. Each branch looks different, is different. Each tree is planted on a different part of the hill. It'll see the sun different. It'll see the shade different. It'll have different temperatures. It'll have different experiences, but they bear the same fruit. Let us not chase after anything other than this fruit. What we know in today's story and what we know in yesterday and last week's story is that there is a God that calls us. There is a God so compelling that we leave what we have and follow. That there is a God that will find us, whether we're in the marketplace standing by John or we're by the sea. There is a God that will find us whether we are deep inside our family systems or long have since left them, there's a God that will find us no matter where we are and help us and lead us to the fruit that lasts. So follow nothing. Adhere to nothing more than these fruits that God brings. These are what we value more than all else, more than agreement, more than similarities, more than being the same. These, love, forgiveness, mercy, grace, these are the fruits that we follow. Thanks be to God for four different gospels and for fruit that lasts. Amen.